This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Oh, hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay, the world. I am Paul Gallant. I've got you for the next hour on Friday. Friday, got to get down on Friday, May 7th of 2021. I got my tropical shirt on right now. It's a bunch of pinatas. They're festive pinatas. It is a Cinco de Mayo weekend, so this is where... Uh, is a pinata ever not festive? Uh, no, Maura. Pinatas are always festive. <laughs> When's the last time that you've beaten a pinata to death? Um... I would say in my 20s, Nice. one of my friends made one for a friend's birthday with airplane bottles of booze in it. Oh, okay. How about that? Now, see, that that is an adult, <laughs> an adult pinata. The idea of pinatas has always amused me because you're just putting like a, a fake animal that's got candy in it up on a string and you're just beating it with a stick. I mean- we are very savage. Kind of brutal. Yeah, for yeah. A kids thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like teaching kids. Okay. Well, if you ever get inside some sort of a cult and you you want to torture something, here you go. Here's a pinata. It's a weird thing to me. Anywho, you guys don't care about pinatas, but you know something that you do use to hit pinatas. They're called baseball bats. The Mariners' baseball bats have been shaky of late, and when we saw the Triple A season begin last night for the Tacoma Rainiers. Everyone wanted to know what's Jared Kelnick going to do. Yesterday, when we had Jerry Depoto on, Danny and Gallant, he told us a confirmation of John Paul Morosi's report that we sh- could see Jared Kelnick by the end of the month. It does sound like, at the very least, we are getting closer and closer to his arrival. But you still want to see him actually succeed at the minor league level. Oh, boy. Last night, he started off with a bang. Make sure that's right. Here's a drive to right. This is it. Well, it's deep. It's back, and it is gone. A line drive home run to right field off the bat of Jared Kelnick just turning on the 3-0 pitch and drilling it, just roping it over the low wall in right field. And Kelnick... Gives the right ears a one nothing lead. That's their first run of the season, their first homer of the season, their first lead of the season, and Kelnick is fired up. If I had been on the call for that, and you guys all know that I'm exceptionally loud, I cannot even imagine how obnoxiously loud I'd be there. And I'm obnoxiously loud for, honestly, the majority of every single moment that I've been on the air here at 710 ESPN at Seattle. I am at the very least self-aware of that. Okay, so that's one home run, right? It's off a left-handed batter we did want to see. Jared Kelnick perform against lefties. Well, he wasn't done because he went yard again later on in the game. One and one to Kelnick. And this pitch is a swing and a drive to right, and he has done it again. His second home run of the game, and this one lands well out of here to right field towards the hill headed up towards the tennis courts. Jared Kelnick with his second home run of the game, and the right ears have tied it up 2-2. Two to two. Okay, my fellow listeners, as you can see right now, 710sports.com slash video, I've got the vapors. I can't, I, I can't wait for him to come up, and I feel like I need an ice bucket or a bonk or, or something because I'm, I'm willing to rush the development. I, I don't care anymore. I mean, 
if you guys were listening today, I am desperate for offense to the point that I would sign Albert Pujols. I know that's not probably the smartest baseball take to have. Don't care. Because that's how much the lineup has struggled. And just seeing some confirmation of this superstar ability by Jared Kelnick has me exceptionally excited. It really does. It should have you excited, too. That's how he's going to open things up at the AAA level, a level he wasn't able to play at last year. That's awesome. Now, I do think that you have to have in the back of your mind the knowledge that the Pacific Coast League, as far as minor leagues go, is basically the Big 12. You see all sorts of offense in that league. I have witnessed players before, Houston's minor leaguers, have similar issues in the majors after crushing it at AAA. John Singleton, A.J. Reed, to a lesser extent, Tyler White. So seeing Cal Raleigh, the other big-time Mariner prospect, hitter-wise at AAA, also go yard in this game, did make me sit down, pause, and just ponder on the idea that this is a league where everyone smacks the ball out of the park. They might really need to deaden the baseball in that league. Although maybe it's just a more enjoyable product if you do have the ability to essentially go yard as often as it seems to happen in the Pacific Coast League. Whatever the case, that's tempering my expectations just a little bit, but I can't wait for this guy to come up. And it really does feel like there will be some actual spark that he would bring to the lineup. I mean, shoot, just watching him go from third base to home plate and looking at the dugout and as animated as he was. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm excited. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay the world, 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Imagining, imagine being 26 and never having a real team in the sport I love the most, baseball. Oof. Well, uh, no, you, you had, I mean, you had a team that set the record for regular season wins. You just probably weren't sports conscious enough to appreciate it. And I know that feeling. Anywho, uh, don't rush the kid. I want him to be great for the next 15 years in Seattle. This is something you got to keep in the back of your mind. I'm just saying I would not have, I would not be able to do it right now. Uh, another text, 710-710. You're trying to get us fired up over something that wasn't going to happen for six or seven weeks. Jared Kelnick does not need to save this 2021 season for crying out loud. Okay. So you want to keep watching this? I mean, I'm pretty sure the Mariners themselves realize the lineup's got its limitations. And that's going to lead me to the Paul Gallot question of the day. We'll have another one for you a little bit later. But <laughs> should the Mariners take a flyer on Albert Pujols, who was released yesterday by the Yankees, given the extreme lineup struggles? 710 710 is the back at Jack's Brewing Company tax line. You can tweet me at Galant Says. We'll take your phone calls at 1015. The Sour of the Paul Galant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. And right now it's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Maura Dooley. Good morning, afternoon, Mora. It is a Friday, and yep, I am walking you right into something that you think I'm crazy for. Albert Pujols time, Mr. 700. This was my first story for you. Albert Pujols was released by the Angels after 10 years with the team, and you want to see him here. Part of this is because 
while watching him with the Angels in Houston, I just remember Pujols as the destroyer of the Astros. Just constant destruction from that guy. He's batting 198. He is nowhere close to the player that he used to be. All of that said, look at your lineup right now. Are are we really going to act like this lineup couldn't use a short-term influx of alternatives? I'm not even saying talent, of alternatives. Because you don't really have any good alternatives at this point in time. That's why I'm making this push. But Maura, you and Danny were very much against this this morning. I just think... Well, we, we heard Stacey Ross yesterday kind of uh, kind of going in on the Mariners a little bit about how she thinks that some fans feel that... Great rant. ...feel that she, the, some of the comments that Kevin Mather made this offseason, especially when it came to being a little tight with the purse strings, waiting for guys like Paxton and Taiwan Walker to hopefully come hand in hat... Uh, or hat in hand, I'm sorry. And she kind of said, you know, they should have spent a little on a free agent, even if you are doing a rebuild... Because you owe the fans some entertainment. <laughs> so it's like, do you want to bring in uh, like a guy that's towards the end of his career that's really not going to be much entertainment that's maybe slightly yes. better than the guy that's playing that base? Yes. I think you would only anger Mariners fans more. Uh, look, as long as you have realistic expectations. Like that's what you're going to spend your money on? Well, I mean, what, who else are they going to spend it on at this point in time? And I'm sure that there are other free agent options available. Guess what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dig through all those names. This is the one I recognize. He's got almost 700 home runs, Mora. That's neat. When was his last one? Uh, that, what have you done for me lately? That you know what? That is a good question. <laughs> Albert Pujols' last home run. Man, I'm starting to pronounce it like the Gras right there. I know. I felt like I was drifting to that territory too. He he did hit one, uh, number 661, to pass Willie Mays. September 18th of, la- of of last year. So, uh, there's that. Uh, okay. Um, wait a second. He's got, he's got, uh, he's got five home runs this year. He's got five. Listen, that's, right. that is, that is, that is, that is better than the majority of your lineup. I will take that. <laughs> I will take that. We cannot be, we cannot be choosers right now. Maybe, and hopefully, one day the Mariners will have the ability to be that. I say, what's the harm? And I know some people are texting again saying, Paul, you're crazy. This is stupid. Okay, but then just tell me tell me what else you want to do with the lineup right now. I get it that you're not in win-now mode right now, but you're also not going to really hurt yourself by spending some extra money on a guy who, at the very least, has a Q factor. Like, what's wrong with that? A guy who has played in big-time moments before, unlike the entirety of this team. What's the harm? It's crazy. What's the harm? <laughs> but that's that's my defense. <laughs> I guess it's not. Paul very... just likes to shake things up. I I, I suppose so. Uh, some texts in on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington Day the World. Uh, one response: bleep no. Another: Why do you think he's released? He's batting one ninety five. Actually one ninety eight, sir. <clears throat> uh, another another text. I hear A Rod is available. Yeah. Another texter earlier said, why not bring in Ken Griffey Jr. and Ichiro? I mean, that's that's how bad it's been, guys. That's that's why I'm bringing this up. Didn't you ask about Ichiro recently? I did. So Paul would bring back Ichiro. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm an unconventional baseball find, that's for sure. What's up next? All right, DK Metcalf will race in the 100 meters at the USA Track and Field Golden Games on Sunday. Uh, you can watch it on NBC at 1.30 p.m.
I'm still debating whether or not I'm going to watch this. I, 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 I'm, I'm definitely going to watch. I'm intrigued, but what if he loses by a lot? That's okay. He's not a track star. I know, but I want him to win. There's a part of me that wants him to, to just show track stars that track stars, you're not, you can't do what we do, but we can do what you do. If oh, that makes sense. All right. I, and I bring that up. I, I had a friend in college who was on the Syracuse track team and I, I do like him a lot, but I remember he was talking to me about how he was going to be on the Syracuse football team eventually. And I was just thinking to myself, okay, like, you should come play with us some weekend because we played pickup tackle football every single Saturday, and it wasn't very good. But I I wanted to actually see him out there. And he was just bad. Like, he had the worst hands. He didn't didn't want any of that contact, any of that stuff. And I, I, I feel like there are some track people that think that they're fast enough to play football. I feel like there are some football players who are fast enough to do track. I think we saw Jeff Dents, who, who um, was a Florida player. I think he played for the Patriots, a couple of other teams. I believe Marquise uh, got Goodwin. Yeah, I think he qualified for the Olympics at some point. Yes, he did. Yeah. So I, I do want to see DK do that, but I don't know. I don't want to see him lose. <laughs> Maybe I'm being a little competitive. I really, you know Even what? Even if I, he doesn't qualify, I think he'll be close to it. I really don't want to see him pop his hamstring. Well, duh. <laughs> no one wants to I know. See that. I know. Oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry for even putting don't that you, bad yeah, in don't the air. Don't you put that evil on him, Ricky Bobby. Uh, text in. Track stars can sometimes do bull- football. What about Bullet Bob Hayes? Well, I'm sure that he had played sports at some point in his career, too, like organized sports. Maybe I'm just being track uh, anti-track, an anti-tracker, an anti-traxer. See, it kind of sounds it like was something else. the only sport I was good at in high school, so I ran track, but I ran distance. Oh, you did? Distance is so hard. I don't know how y'all do it, especially marathoners. I'm just definitely not built to be a sprinter. <laughs> the idea that you could run and finish a marathon in what? Some of these guys are finishing it in three hours. To me, that is absurd. Oh, yeah. How? I don't know that. How? You're just running straight? I mean, the the first dude who ever ran a marathon, that guy who was who was running from like the, the Greek uh, war front against the Persians, like he died. He died. He died at the end of it. He died. Didn't hydrate enough. All right, guys, that's what's trending. Brought to you by Kings Heating and Air every single day at 1010. I'm amused by some of the responses that we are getting to my Albert Pujols take. And I'm not trolling. This is how bad the lineup is right now. You really going to tell me you wouldn't, you wouldn't entertain it at all? This guy's got, he's almost got 700 home runs. And if you want to shame me for it, have at it. Because it's your chance to be heard at 206 421 3776. Again, 206 421 3776. You guys know I'm a good sport. So if you think this is absolutely stupid, please let me know. Let's have some fun. It's Friday, Friday. Got to get down on Friday, and it's your chance to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard every day at 10 15 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710 710. Hey, new guy. We've seen the let's get an aging power hitter that can't play anything but DH or first base. Because remember what he used to be good? That's the Jack. Uh, Zorensic. Zorensic special. Thank you. I'm bad with the name pronunciations there. Text in, Paul. The Mariners have historically brought in washed up veterans. Is Robinson Cano the last one? 
it's never worked out for us. Granted, nothing has worked for the Mariners. I mean, See, they had a bunch there for what, what was it? Jay Bruce and Encarnacion. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. There, there, there's probably a long list on that front, Mora. Um, still, though, I mean, as the texture finishes with this, nothing has worked for the Mariners in the history of the franchise. So there's that. I mean, oh my god, it's a depressing and a very morbid take. And I do think that they are trending in the right direction, but. I, I don't think that this necessarily harms anything in the short term. I, I really do think that, that Evan White needs a a minor league stint. He's he's gotta go down for just a little bit of time. Because it's it's really not working. And I mean it, to continue to flail and flail and, and miss why do you expect it to change? That's the definition of insanity. I and I feel like that the, the approach that I would do right now is I would move uh Ty France to first. I would put Alfred Pujols in a DH. At the very least, that's a guy who you, you can't. You got to be careful when you pitch to him, even if he isn't. He has five home runs this year. It's not. It's not a, like he is. He is zero for whatever. The Angels clearly felt the need to move on from him. I also think it would be a funny troll move of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim to bring in Albert Pujols. I don't know about your pool holes take, but I will say as far as Evan White spending some time in AAA, uh, Angie Mentick did agree with you when she was on with Wyman and Bob yesterday. Now that AAA is up and going, uh, that, that's an option because it really wasn't an option until, you know, now. Um, but there's no, there's, no, uh, there's no shame in that, uh, in my opinion, because we already know, you know, Evan White, that, you know, you're our guy. You know that. So... Go get right. Go work on it. You're going to be here. You're going to be back here. We know you're going to be back here. We've already told you how much we believe in you. So, I mean, I think that's a, a fantastic thing. And, you know, Taylor Trammell, hey, this is, this is hard. And sometimes it's really hard to, you know, work on things in the bright spotlight. I, I think Trammell can get through this. I don't know that Evan White can. Right now at the very least. Also love Angie. Uh, 206-421-3776 is how you call in. Big Ed's in Yakima. Big Ed thinks this is one of the worst ideas of all time. Big Ed, lay it into me. Uh, Albert Pujols is washed up. He's fat. He's slow. He he runs the bases like he's dragging a piano. (laughs) Uh, Well, what else can I say? I've never heard that description before, dragging a piano. I like that one, Big Ed. Look, I, I get it. It's, it's, this is where the lineup is, though, at this point in time. Do, do you want to just keep going with the guys that they currently have? I want to see the two the two young bucks brought up uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Talking about Julio and, and Kalenic. Yeah, you know, Kalenic, uh, it, Kalenic wasn't the only guy who performed last night, Big Ed. We also saw a, a pretty nice performance by Julio Rodriguez and Everett. I think he was two for four. He had a couple of runs, a couple of walks. But that's Everett, and that's going to take Julio a little bit of time. The, the, the Kalenic arrival date is, I think, a, a little bit sooner than we might even think. And last night's performance, if you're not excited by it, I, I don't know what to tell you, and if somebody's trying to tell you to talk you out of being excited about it because of, like, Zanino or, or Dustin Ackley, I, I do think he's different than those two. If, 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 the, if these two guys are even close to Ken Griffey Jr., he was, he was playing now his first season. He hit 264 with, I think, 16 Johnsons. And if these guys are anywhere in his, his uh, league, um, then we need to see it. And, and if, if they need to learn at the majors, they need to learn at the majors. But 
mm-hmm. at least uh, at least it'll be fun to watch them. Big Ed, good stuff, man. Appreciate the phone call, especially. Oh, I got one more prediction. Oh, fire away. The uh, batting coach is going to get canned by June first. He'll be the wow the next uh, sacrificial lamb. I got five bucks with a couple of my friends over here. Wow. He'll be he'll be the sacrificial lamb for the hitting. The Big- old Depoto sacrifice. I mean, all the GMs do it, but right. Big Ed, I appreciate your morbid sense of humor and also just your uh, your cynical take on things. You got to call it again, man. This is a good call. All right, have a good one. All right, thanks, Big Ed. I knew as soon as he told me his name was Big Ed, he was going to be a good caller. Yeah, that. See, listen, if you give yourself a, a, a nickname along with it, like you, <laughs> you just are by default a little bit more, uh, I would say, uh, noteworthy as a caller. I, I I I wonder about the the hitting coach side of things. I. I do think, though, that that might be within the realm of possibility um, because they have not been hitting, and, and I don't know who you point to. Their approach has netted walks. Part of me just wonders if they're they're just not talented enough at this point in time to consistently hit, and if they are just playing a lot of players right now that optimally for this team would be in the minor leagues. 7-10-7-10 is how you text in. You can also tweet me, at Gallant says. Another question for you next. We're going to take a side step to the Seattle Seahawks for just a moment, but please keep the roasts coming for my Albert Pujols takes. I can take them, and if they're funny enough, I will definitely read them on the air. But next, we're going to bring in Dave Wyman into the sports pit and go back to a conversation that Danny and I had this morning. Who's got the most scrutiny on them? for 2021 in the Seahawks. Is it Russell Wilson after a loud offseason from him? Is it John Schneider in an offseason where they weren't as aggressive in free agency as teams like Kansas City, but they did make some bold trades and also only had a couple of picks in the draft? Or is it Pete Carroll, who's been running this thing for a while, but hasn't been able to separate himself from even that of Mike McCarthy and his time in Green Bay? Over the last several years, all of that's on the table. And if you've got a question for Dave, seven ten seven ten, maybe we'll think up some more rules to punish quarterbacks. Don't go anywhere. It's the Paul Gallant Show, seven ten ESPN Seattle. It's ten thirty, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're gonna get your you're gonna you're gonna fail. With Paul Gallant. And into the sports pit we go with the one and only Dave Wyman of Wyman and Bob. Dave, how you doing this morning? This morning afternoon. <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? I cannot complain. We have a text in, and this is already my favorite uh, listener question of the day. Dave, what do you think about the idea of removing the red jersey from quarterbacks during practice? They might be less apt to mouth off about their teammates if they had to face them in practice. No, <laughs> no. I still think they should have the red jerseys on. I think uh, you know maybe they should make uh, the jerseys made out of bubble wrap, <laughs> and that would be even a further you know way of protecting your quarterback. But man, they're just they're worth so much, such a huge chunk of your you know of your team, and it's just gotten to be that way. You know, we're we're having problems that other you know like if you're in Chicago, you would love to have a really good, you know, top three quarterback who maybe complained a little bit in the off season and his agent threatened to, to, 
you know, for him to be traded or whatever, because that's where you're trying to get, you know, it's just so hard to find. And, you know, looking at this last draft, it'll, you know, how many do you think, have you thought about this? Cause you know, the, the top five quarterbacks, you know, I'm thinking maybe three, I would don't, say maybe two. You know, yeah. 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 Or yeah. Or two are good. Um, right. you just never know. I mean, and I was, kind of morbid but i always say hey look trevor lawrence could get hit by a bus you know <laughs> i mean there's no there's no guarantee that he is gonna you know, make it in the nfl every year you know andrew luck looked like the most and he had a good nfl career but not nearly the career that everybody thought i mean i think everybody thought he was the best prospect since john elway and um yeah, it just didn't work out. So, yeah, I mean, Andrew Luck was good, but he didn't become, you know, Russell Wilson, that's for sure. No, you're right. It's a good point. I mean, there are a lot of quarterbacks that also have this expectation of they're going to be the greatest of all time. And, you know, I watched Trevor Lawrence and at Clemson, and I, I think he has a lot of traits that teams love. But, yeah, there's there's no certainty that he is going to be as good as any of those quarterbacks. And, and shoot, we saw it last year with Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow – looked like all things considered with no offensive line around him like he's got something special and next thing you know he suffers a season-ending injury yeah well and the injuries too that's what can get a guy let's say he gets rehabbed and some freak accident happens and he blows it out another knee you know i mean that's that's the thing it's funny we, we were talking um i think we're running it today but uh daniel jeremiah i like asking this question what's the bigger surprise to you a doug baldwin uh, undrafted free agent who makes it and is a you know pro, pro bowler and a great career, or when a top ten player is a bust, you know because it happens all the time. You can go back and and look at you know look at Russell's draft, you yeah. know. Um, so, but and he said he feels like it's a bigger surprise when. You know, you have a guy, and I hate to keep bringing it up because he's a nice guy coaching for the Seahawks, but Aaron Curry, the fourth pick of the draft, you know, that's always that's always the one that's the big shocker uh, to me. You know, undrafted free agents, yeah, you know, you can understand how they might get overlooked and they just develop at the right time and everybody just kind of look past them. But when pretty much everybody agrees that a guy is a top five pick in, in the NFL and is going to have a, you know, Hall of Fame type of career, and they wash out, and they're just not anything near what you expected. Is is always kind of uh, the big surprise to me, anyway. Dave Wyman with me in the sports, but if you have a question for Dave, seven ten seven ten on the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line. You, you know, you you brought up. Uh, we talked about practice just a moment ago, and the idea of quarterbacks maybe not wearing the red jersey. John Schneider said something really interesting yesterday. Just when I asked him about just being able to have that same kind of competitive edge that the Seahawks had back during the Legion of Boom days. Here is John Schneider. It's about finding a new version of it, and also we can't practice the way we used to practice. You know, based on the, the, the rule, the, based on the rules. Uh, so the organization's been fine. Pete's been fine. I've been fine before. So, you know, we, we, we can't have practices that are, you know, everybody, we have to abide by specific rules, you know, set forth in, by the National Football League. And you can't, you know, we had an atmosphere here that was obviously very similar to uh, what, you know, Coach Carroll had going on at, at at USC, and that was just guys flying around and the music blaring. And but no, it was just a, it's it's really trying to um, identify a different way of doing it. 
Dave, I know you played on uh, some really awesome defenses here with the Seahawks, and I imagine that those practices could be exceptionally uh, violent. And I'm wondering if maybe that is something that gets in the way of the Seahawks, kind of getting back to that place that they once were, where every single day at practice was almost, I don't know, on the same intensity level as a game. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I always feel bad for the coaches, and I think they're under the most pressure because, and now, you know, you see that the players want to opt out of all of this other stuff. Right. You know, like the OTAs and, you know, mini camps and all that stuff. We can do it virtually, this, that, you know, I just don't think you can. And I think, you know, the hitting part of it, and I always give credit to Mike Shanahan, who's the last coach I had in the NFL. We would have go out in full pads. We'd go through all of our drills. We'd do the, the run part of it, which we called nine on seven. And, um, and you know, then after that, that we, you know, we'd go full go. Nobody's tackling to the ground or anything, but you're getting your, your fits in the run game. You know, you know how hard you have to block a guy in order to make it work. And then after that period, we would take our shoulder pads off and everything else was, you know, just jerseys and helmets. So um, the coaches just have a much harder time evaluating players, and especially this year with the young guys. So, you know, you haven't seen them. Some of these guys – you know, we did a running back yesterday. I think his name is Josh Johnson that they picked up as a free agent. You know, he had a really good junior year in 2019. And then last year, you know, he dropped off and there were fumbles and stuff like that. And, you know, they're just trying to evaluate these guys and they really can't. So not only can they not practice hard when they finally get them here, uh, they're not practicing very often. And these guys are you know, very unpolished. So it's always tough on the coaches in this environment, you know, to try to figure out how are we going to teach these guys and being in, you know, in person, it's such a big deal. And that's why, you know, I've been talking all week about the percentage of players that got drafted from the senior bowl is, is exceptionally high because there was no combine. There was no going and traveling and being around the guys. And I remember John Schneider was down on the field at the Rose Bowl when Wisconsin played Oregon. And, you know, that Russell Wilson was out on the field and he was able to see him and they just haven't gotten any of that. So the one thing that they relied on this year was those senior bowl practices because, number one, you got a bunch of guys you're going against. I mean, I always say, like, Dwayne Eskridge is torching guys in the MAC, you know, the Mid-Atlantic Conference, but how many of those guys are going to play in the NFL? But you get to the senior bowl and you're going against guys that are going to get drafted. And, um, and you know, Matt Nagy, who runs that, he wants a very high percentage hit rate of guys getting drafted. But they're not only going against other guys that are going to be in the NFL, but they're also being coached by professional coaches. And I think Miami Dolphins and Carolina Panthers staff were, were at the Super Bowl. Or, um, I'm sorry, Senior Bowl. So, um, yeah, they, how they take the coaching. And, you know, and a couple of guys that really stood out, Watching Trey Brown in the one-on-ones, we talked to him yesterday. He was really good, and he was going up against you know players that were getting drafted. And uh, I saw in his one-on-ones there was a session, probably fifteen or twenty snaps, where nobody caught a ball on him that I saw. And then he had three interceptions, knocked a couple down. So that was that kind of replaced the combine and all the other things, and kind of went off of that more than more than anything. He excites me, Trey Brown. I think probably more than even uh, Dwayne Eskridge just because of the big plays that he made in Big 12 championship games that I remember watching. 
Uh, last question for you, Dave, and, and I'm going to answer this myself on the other side. This was a conversation we, Danny and I had earlier this morning. There are three important figures when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks. Who is under the most scrutiny between John Schneider, Pete Carroll, and Russell Wilson for the 2021 season? I think it's Pete. You know, like I said, um, even though he's signed through, what, 2026 or 27, yep. it's just hard on the coaches. It really is. It's tough on them. Um trying to put the team together. I think Pete has technically has like final say on personnel decisions and stuff like that. So yeah, it's just tough on them. I think, you know, Russ is going to be great no matter what. I think he gets better and better every year just because of his work ethic. And I'm really excited to see, you know, what he does with the new offense. But um, yeah, I think Pete, I think coaches, it's, it's the toughest on, um, especially in this environment. And, you know, I thought Pete did a really good job with that. And, but, you know, he is the guy that ultimately everything falls on. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question, but I think it's Pete. The one and only Dave Wyman. You'll hear him later today on Wyman and Bob. Dave, thank you so much, as always, for joining me, and have yourself a great weekend. You too, Paul. Thanks. I appreciate it. That is Dave Wyman, everybody. So make sure you're tuned in to 710 ESPN Seattle at 2 o'clock this afternoon when he joins Bob Stelton. Up next, I'm going to give my power rankings as far as who's under the most scrutiny. And if you think my Albert Pujols take was lame, have at me. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can also call in 206-421-3776. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay, the world, and I wrap up the week after this. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay the world. Let's get the mean texts out of the way first to wrap up the week. This one's just accurate. We talked about marathons a little bit earlier. Paul does not have the attention span to last a marathon. He would get bored after about two miles and wander into some sort of weird shirt shop. That is that is really accurate. If I saw a, especially one that's one of the ones that you have right by the stadium, some of those Seattle sports uh, t-shirt stores. Oh boy, yeah, I get lost. I can't I can't help myself. Maura Dooley always has to deal with Mike Lefko and I, the producer of Lyman and Bob, having conversations about sports t-shirts that we want to get. I will say that I never start the conversations, but as soon as they begin, then all of a sudden I find myself going down a rabbit hole of sports t-shirts that I want to buy. I just love the reverse stereotype of it. It's like two two guys and a, and a woman in a room, and you guys are always talking about clothes. Yeah, what's wrong with a couple of guys that are into clothes? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Although my aunt made fun of me because when she helped me move from Texas to Washington, she was like, well, what is going on here? And I was surprised that she, she of all people, was going to criticize my wardrobe for being too big. Uh, another text. <laughs> This one's great. So, Paul, do you ever listen? I'm speaking in a deeper voice because he doesn't think I have a deep voice. Paul, do you ever listen to your own broadcast? Must be every time you speak, you start with a high-pitched squeal. It's completely unprofessional as a broadcaster. Maybe your station would be better off with real athletes doing every show. You so-called professionals are the absolute worst. First off, I'm a flag football player. Uh the Nuns with Guns franchise. Shout out to them. You know, we're, we're back in season. Uh, legendary flag football player on, while I'm on that. Uh, second, I mean, it could be worse. I mean, I could talk like I'm Mickey Mouse the rest of the program. Oh, you know, I think John Schneider's under the most pressure for no. the new CLC Hooks I'm going to override that, Paul, as the producer. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for talking me out of bad ideas. 
This was me just trying to troll one texter. 206-421-3776. Before I power rank the scrutiny of all those on the Seattle Seahawks and in the big circle of power, let's go to Big J. We got two bigs calling in today. 206-421-3776. He also wants to stop me from... If I were the Mariners general manager, Jerry DePoto, signing one Albert Pujols because the bats were struggling so much. Big J, what's up? What's up, Paul? How you doing? I am doing wonderful. Fantastic. Man, you can't bring Albert, you can't bring Albert Pujols to the Mariners. The, the Yankees are just as bad at hitting right now, and they cut Albert. So, I, I mean the Cardinals. I, or excuse me, the, the Angels. My bad. We're both off on that one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Angels, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> wow, long day already. Uh, but I don't see how you can bring them in. We've done this many, many times before, and it never works out. I think you bring in, a, you bring in someone in their prime that maybe is struggling a little bit right now and trying to turn them around. And my other thing is you definitely need to bring Jared Kelnick up right away. His confidence is sky high. He is not going to get down at himself if he goes 0 for 10 or 0 for 20. He's the type of guy that's going to say, I'm going to get the next one. Big J, appreciate your uh, phone call. Um, I, I, I do want to see Kelnick up sooner rather than later, but I am also telling, if, if I were, again, in Mariners management, I, I kind of would want to have someone else making all the decisions, and I think you guys all would too, given how I am advocating for Albert Pujols. Here, here's the deal with the Pujols thing. You're not expecting him to be good. You're just you're just taking a flyer on him, and you see what happens. And honestly, with the way that the lineup currently is, why not? The Angels essentially released him because they want to be respectful to him, and they want him to, I guess, start every single day. I, I don't know how many teams are going to, you know, call about his services, but I don't see the harm in having him in instead of somebody else in this lineup when you have so many guys in this lineup that are actually batting lower than Pujols was in L.A. 198, but he had five home runs. I mean, I'm not saying it's a great option. I'm just saying that you don't really have any other options other than continuing to stick this out. And sticking it out does not seem like it is going to actually yield any results. Okay, one last thing before we hit the road. So we talked about this this morning. I think that John Schneider's under more scrutiny for this year than anyone else in the Seahawks' big three. Yes, even more so than Russell, who should probably be under the most scrutiny, and yeah, even more than Pete Carroll, who a texter got mad about because I said that he is perceived by some to be like Mike McCarthy. I don't view him that way, but I would say there is a large, very vocal, uh, not large, there is a very vocal minority of Seahawks fans online on the old Twitter that do feel that way. I, th- I think Pete's in third as far as the scrutiny because I, I feel that he doesn't have the reins on the offense as much as people want to believe, and I think that with Shane Waldron in, I I think he actually is going to get some freedom. I think Russ should have the most scrutiny on him, but it's John, and here's why it's John. First off, the Jamal Adams trade and the gamble that you made trading for him, it's going to weigh its most this season more than any other year. So are the Gabe Jackson trade and the Carlos Dunlap trade. You only had a three-person draft class. And in that three-person draft class, you went after a wide receiver in Dwayne Eskridge. I have no problem with the pick at all. But Creed Humphrey, a center from Oklahoma, was available. What's the right decision? Honestly, I can't say. And a lot of the people that that are acting like they do know the answer to that, they don't know either. But 
that was an alternative route that they could have gone. They didn't draft an offensive lineman until the sixth round, a guy who was projected pro, uh, projected to be a second or a third round pick, but he fell all the way to the, to the sixth. Why? Because all the other NFL teams also felt the same way. They didn't go as aggressive as these other teams too in free agency. So those are all the things that I'm taking into account, and I think as far as the scrutiny rankings go, John Schneider is one, Russell Wilson is two, Pete Carroll is three for 2021. A lot of thanks to go around for today's edition of the Paul Gallant Show. To Big J, to Big Ed, our callers, to our texters, to our tweeters, to Dave Wyman, and of course, the one and only Maura Dooley. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long, farewell, Jake and Stacey are next.